Hello and welcome to Face the Facts. I'm your host, April Moss, and we are delighted today to have a author and publisher joining us to discuss the latest on what's going on in Lahaina in Maui, Hawaii. And a lot of, uh, of course, speculation has been uh, going on around what caused the fires, who caused them, you know, what was the real meaning behind all of it. And our guest today, Stephanie Perucci, is going to be talking about everything that she's discovered as she's talked with citizen journalists in Lahaina. Uh, and she's going to be presenting us with some really interesting information and things that we need to be aware about, aware of as we move forward in understanding this globalist agenda uh, for America as well. So with no further ado, I'd love to introduce Stephanie to the show. Welcome to Face the Facts. Thank you so much for having me here, and um, thank you for bringing attention to these um, to these people in Lahaina and on Maui who largely are not sexy enough to make the news. It's it's really egregious. I mean, you would think that this would be something that would be at the top of the headlines. Even now, you know, journalists going over there and asking mainstream journalists going over and asking uh, what's happening to the people and and you know, how are they being taken care of, especially after we see all of the aid that continues to be sent to Ukraine and other countries. And yet when it comes to Americans, they're continuing to be last in uh, assistance and aid. Um, but Stephanie, you wrote a book called Burn Back Better, and I'm going to share it for those who are watching the show right now. You can buy Stephanie's book on Amazon it's called Burn Back Better, Lahaina, A Perfect Storm or a Perfect Crime. You already have over 100 ratings and uh, clearly close to five-star ratings on this book. Stephanie, what was probably the, the hardest thing that you've learned as you went on to your investigating with this situation that happened in Lahaina? I think the hardest thing I learned was in January when I began collaboration with Maui Community Investigation, as well as the Firefighter Cancer Prevention Fund. So although there are um, scores of really bizarre theories and anomalies and things that we're checking out and gathering more forensic evidence for, um, the scariest thing for me, is how many people's lives are still at risk. And you're talking about from the aftermath of, of exposure that they had to chemicals, yeah. to the smoke. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So according to the Firefighter Cancer Prevention Fund, now we're talking, um, we're talking about firefighters who have decades of experience. Mm -hmm. First on scene, Alcapoco, Chile, you name it, they travel all over the place. And there's um, the, uh, uh, two different disasters around the world. And one of the things that they noticed after 9-11 is that there was a prevalence, unfortunately, of cancers and leukemia. And a lot of the first responders, people um, really just within the vicinity of the towers developed some pretty horrific illnesses. Now, the thing that has shocked me the most is that 
the dust, the ash, the toxicity from the Lahaina burn zone can travel 50 kilometers, according to what we wow. understand. And um, so when I heard that uh, from from people with the disaster recovery team um, that's run by Steve Slepsevic and, and then um, his associate, uh, Sam Eaton spent a lot of time just educating me so that I could then go to Lahaina and talk to people one-on-one, face-to-face, look in their eyes and say, I am worried about you. You need to be detoxing what you've been exposed to. You need to be on a severe exposure cleanse. And so the thing that surprised me most is that this toxic dust travels 50 kilometers from the burn zone. Wow. So I did a little math and I'm not a scientist, but I realized that basically everyone on that island right now is exposed. And um, that is a huge oversight, um, perhaps intentional by the public health department um, of Hawaii and on Maui is that they have done nothing to warn the public of the um, danger of this exposure. So yesterday, in fact, I didn't even get to tell you this yet. Yesterday, a friend of mine whose medicine man was on site at the burn zone, he's been there the last two days, but they've been doing um, blood draws for some Mm -hmm. of the people in the hazmat suits, in hazmat suits, mind you, Mm -hmm. who've been exposed to the burn and they're finding high, high levels of lead and arsenic even for people who were taking that precaution of being in this suit. So we're not talking about, oh, I, you know, like it a cough. Yeah. We are talking about particulates that go into the lower lung. And so, um, and, and man, they, if you thought masks were worthless, <laughs> right. Um, the hazmat suits don't seem to protect at all. What, in your experience and as you were doing this investigating, what type of detox is even necessary or essential for someone with, with high levels of lead and arsenic? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm not sure about the lead and arsenic um, because, mm-hmm. um, like I said, I'm trusting my health. Um I'm entrusting my health with the firefighter cancer prevention group. And of course, um, Sam has developed a severe exposure cleanse and it's primarily, I think zeolite is what everyone who's in the know is taking. Okay. Okay. But I didn't want to just take the zeolite. I wanted to take whatever the firefighters take because they have lost their brothers and sisters and they're not messing around. So what I've taken is called Decompact and mm-hmm. it's at www.d it's weird it's dconpac.com. Okay. Um, but uh the Maui community investigation team they told me uh, the people that I spoke with from the community investigation team, they're taking zeolite. Some, a lot of people have mentioned taking activated charcoal. Um, mm-hmm. Dry sauna is very effective. Sweating is remarkably effective. But, you know, I'm I'm sitting in Lahaina a couple weeks ago and people are still spearfishing and, and eating the fish right, yeah. right off the shore. And mm-hmm. I I didn't even want to get in the water. 
It's interesting. I want to talk about some of the new developments that you're learning about that just happened in the last couple of days regarding uh, the bills that are wanting to be passed. And tell me about these bills and what that means for citizens of West Maui. Of course. So my book effectively became the playbook for how the globalists um, take land with fire. <laughs> and it wasn't where I started. I started with an investigation and I asked questions like, oh, are there really missing children? Or, you know, it, are there lasers that avoid blue things? Like I asked all the questions, sure. even ones that might have seemed ridiculous. I was saying, well, what about weather engineering? And do we have that capacity? And what's going on with the telescopes and the satellite stations on Haleakala or Mauna Kea? So I went through an investigation in the book that ultimately became this playbook for taking land with fire. That said, everything I was afraid of is now coming true. So the second hearing for a bill called SB 3381 just happened about 48 hours ago. And for all intents and purposes, it looks like the government um, is going to be able to declare eminent domain um, for a large part of West Maui. And unfortunately, it's not just Lahaina. Uh, Lahaina is in the, what we call the burn zone. Mm -hmm. It's only 10% of what is of 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 what is um declared in this bill yeah. to be under the authority of what's called hdca or the hawaii community development authority so there's been this narrative that they need more affordable housing on maui and so that's the way the the original emergency proclamations and some of the bills within that proclamation um in july of 2020 23 that's how some of those flew by under the radar so to speak and so this bill is the same situation where they're claiming affordable housing is a crisis and uh i think governor josh green said people are dying because of affordable housing and i'm going no they're dying because we incinerated them and that's horrific yeah. so yeah. it's all this gaslighting no pun intended mm -hmm. and what I'm calling it is land grab bill SB 3381. That's mm -hmm. all so they just had the hearing a few days ago. And then what is next? What are the next steps? And is there anything that the people of Maui can do to stop this? Or does it seem yeah. like it's just going to get railroaded in? Mm, it seems like it's going to get railroaded in. I mean, mm -hmm. from day one, I think anyone who wasn't directly in the fire could stand you know, 30,000 feet up and, and say, oh, this, this, this smells fishy. It looks mm -hmm. like a land grab, right? Same with Chile and same with Acapulco. Yeah. So a lot of people kind of like had an inkling that this was a land grab from day one. Mm -hmm. And with that said, I, I think there's no chance that the people of Hawaii, uh, people on Maui could stop this bill. However, there is one more hearing scheduled. I don't know the uh, date of the hearing, but the bill was just introduced, mind you, less than a month ago, almost 30 days to the date. So we've already had two hearings. I'm sure the next one is going to be very soon. Um, and I encourage anyone listening 
to head over to, I think it's capital.hawaii.gov and you can actually go and read the bill. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not terribly arduous. I think it was 40 pages. So who do you think are the primary bad actors in this? I mean, we know that this is part of a global agenda, but I mean, in your investigations, when we think about the type of affordable housing that is now going to be put up all around West Maui, um, are you like, are you getting any inclination that this is going to be like refugees moving in? Um, is this going to be part of the United Nations agenda to re, you know, the migration agenda that they have to rehouse people? Um, or, or is it going to rehouse the people who lost everything in the fires? That's an excellent question. I can tell you this. FEMA is working around the clock, calling people as late as, as, you know, the middle of the night, trying to get people off the island. So what we know for sure is that the only organization who's addressing housing, because remember, to this day, unless something just changed, people are not getting... Uh, in, uh, getting insurance claims on on the properties that were lost. Insurance mm-hmm. adjusters to this day still have not been able to get in and take pictures. Okay, so people can maybe take drone footage or take a picture um, because there's barricades all around the burn zone, but people who had homes can get in, mm-hmm. um, but those pictures cannot be used to file insurance claims. So periodically, people will get insurance money, from what I understand, um, if they lost a business, for instance, or you know, if they if they don't have any um, any income from um, from a business that burned down or something like that. But in terms of will the people on Maui or the people who lost their homes actually be the beneficiaries of this affordable housing? I highly, highly doubt it because right now all FEMA is trying to do is get them off the island. And they're saying, for instance, they're calling people and saying, hey, I'll give you $1,600 a month toward rent. Um, But unfortunately, it's not going to be in Maui. Usually it's Oahu or the mainland. Um, So one of the things that brought tears to my eyes the most when I was there is the fact that families are getting ripped apart. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, imagine if you have children, you had a mortgage, uh, you know, you hear people um, talking about how expensive it is to get um, a two, three bedroom home. We've yep. got families with lots of children. We're breaking up generations. Um, not only that, but a lot of that land was, of course, um, generational homes because for sure. Lahaina was the former capital of the kingdom of Hawaii, unfortunately. So um, to answer your question in short, I do not think that land is going back to the people um, of Lahaina who, who is going to inhabit these, these um, affordable housing, sustainable developments. I have no idea, but the, the people uh, that I have spoken with who are, are being recruited as ambassadors on behalf of the Hawaiian government, they're getting a lot of brainwashing about climate change and sustainability. I'm not going to name any names, but sure. but, but a certain um, amazing, beautiful 
man in the community who's who's very well respected actually sat down looked me in the eye and said you know it's because of these these plastic straws you know it's because of our plastic cups that Lahaina burned so you're seeing an unbelievable amount of of climate change narrative wow mm-hmm. so that's really interesting that you're saying this um I mean, I, I was in Lahaina in 2019. Uh, the the historic nature of that city, that town. I mean, it's it is heartbreaking for anyone who's been there. You know, you know that it's just the most beautiful, quaint seaside town. Um, just just beautiful in every way. And to think that low income housing could be put up there. Um, Gov- government structures being put in that place is just disgusting to me. Um, and also, you know, just the the heartache that it's been for all of these families to to be homeless all of a sudden and have nowhere to go, and the thought of having to be pushed off of your own your your own island. Um, so where do you where do you think? Where do you think, as you're studying what happened in Lahaina, and we look at what happened in Chile and Acapulco, where do you, where else do you think is gonna this you know fire uh, expect it to break out in? Oh my gosh, I think about that all the time. You like, know, who's next? Because that was that was the whole point of identifying the playbook. That was the whole point of asking questions such as why didn't the alarm sound and why why were the escape exits blocked and yeah. why was there clearly now it looks pretty clear that there was weather engineering at play um mm-hmm. well after hurricane dora had passed yep. the island um you know that's that's the big question is 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 who's next because this was so well orchestrated. This this was so so clearly um, a combination of potential um, arson, as, yep. as as well as years of likely intentional negligence. Right? There's dry, yep. flammable brush all over the place. The three places where um, the fire started. So there was a there was always that rumor. Or there was always that speculation of like, well, how could the fire jump the highway? Well, it didn't jump the highway. There, there were two points that looked pretty clearly to be uh, points of arson. Brush was not mitigated in that area. Like this seems to be so very, very well orchestrated. And so to mm-hmm. understand who's vulnerable, you know, you got to look at a few things. Number one. Uh, where has the World Economic Forum clearly stated they want to put a smart city? Yep. that's. A, I was actually just going to say the next thing you need to pay attention to. And I mean, there's. it's very clear. This is all online. It's public information. Yeah. This isn't conspiracy the, uh, theories. They, they have declared and stated that they want to put smart cities. And also, um, I believe it's Rockefeller as well. And I think Austin, Texas was one of them on the list. Oh. Yep. And uh, New Orleans, I believe, is another one. There's a few others. Um, I'll have to, I, it's been about a year since I've looked at that list, but it's, it's very simple. If you can, if, if everyone would just take a few minutes mm-hmm. to look into this, you'll see it's all laid out very clearly. 
And it reminds me almost, you know, of the California wildfires that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and look to see how that state has so gone off on such a sad trajectory and how the Californian residents can barely afford to stay there because of how expensive everything has become and the poor leadership within that state and how they want to do that same thing in Michigan and, uh, you know, many other, many other states across our country. But, um, Stephanie, your book, I can't wait. Like one of the, one of the big signs that your city might be vulnerable. Some of our citizen journalists, and we have many, many, many photos Mm -hmm. of this. So one of the bizarre things is they saw these bizarre, um, wind funnels the day before the fire and even the morning of in the water. Well, you might not be in a place like Austin is obviously landlocked. So you might not be able to identify the weather engineering part of it as, as easily Mm -hmm. as some people did Mm -hmm. on Maui, but you know what happened? And, And there's been evidence of this in other places. Um, there, there, there was this white haze before the fire. It wasn't fog, though. And there's speculation that that was an accelerant that mm. was uh, used the day before the fire. So I'm going to tell you what, if I'm in Austin, Texas, and all of a sudden I'm shrouded in white haze, I am getting out of town. Okay. That's because, really interesting. You know, that, 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 it, it, it's hard to say who's next. Right. Mm -hmm. I would love to believe that this was just a crime of negligence, but there's so much information um, that now with satellites and there, you know, now, now I'm, I'm hearing rumor that the um, Haleakala and Mauna Kea uh, satellite stations had been hacked on the first or second of August. Like, more information is coming in every single day that it's it's almost silly to say yep. this was negligence. Yep. In terms of where it's happening next, look for the signs that were, you know, on Maui mm-hmm. um, because this this didn't happen overnight. This was extremely well planned. Yeah. Stephanie, thank you so much for bringing attention to this and also to the fact that, you know, these people are still going to be living with the consequences of breathing in those carcinogens. Um, the book is called Burn Back Better, Lahaina, A Perfect Storm or a Perfect Crime. And Stephanie Perucci, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It was an honor to have you. Thanks for all your hard work and can't wait to dive into this book.